Are you someone who doesn't take life too seriously? Do you sometimes find that a shot of whiskey isn't only deserved, but needed? If you said yes to either of those, welcome to the Whiskey and Lace podcast, where we have honest chats with everyday people, shit shows and all. I'm your host, Erica Altus, and I'm here to empower you to be the best version of yourself and perhaps share in a shot of whiskey. Now pour yourself a glass of wine and let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Lace podcast. Today we have Mark motherfucking Altus. And today's topic we're going to discuss is real estate, hence the Compass t-shirt, the infamous t-shirt, Mark. The Compass. How many of those do you own? I only own three, or no, two now because I had three, but you know, you wanted to do that one where we ripped them apart. (laughs) Or like the Hulk, like we got rid of one. Yeah, what was that for? It was for a cuts campaign. Oh, cuts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mark works for Compass. And tell us how long you have had your real estate license for. I got my real estate license in 2005. So 18 years now. That is 18 years? That's 18 years, yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy. I remember when you first got it. I was only 22. Holy shit, we're getting really old. We are getting old. We are. And you have your broker's license. Got my broker's associate license in 2017. So what's the difference? Uh, Agent, you can just, you have to be under a broker. So you hang your license under a broker. And then, I mean, essentially, you have to be kind of guided from the broker. But you can't go out on your own if you're an agent. You have to. Yeah, like you could start your own agency. Yeah, if if I didn't hang my license with Compass, that's why I'm a broker associate then I could go out and start my own gig and do my own deal. Gotcha. So does it like essentially give you more credibility as well? I would say, yeah, it's probably a little bit more. It's another test that you have to take on top of the, you know, you go, you get your agent license and then, well, you could take your broker's license straight away, but you have to have two years in college for a business degree to go straight to the brokers. All right. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Um, As you guys know, or maybe you don't know, um, Mark and I are homeowners. We've done a new build. We have investment properties. We have a vacation home. And we often get asked, how the hell did we do it? Mark, did we inherit all of this? No, I I wish. That would be nice. It's the the normal assumption, which is so weird. Like when people have, you know, multiple properties, it's like, oh, silver spoon. But that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, Mark's one of eight kids and I'm one of six kids. I'm the last of eight. I'm not one of eight. I'm the last. There was was no funds. There was nothing left to give. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm five of six. But Melvin and Alice were like, you're on your own. So let's just start out like on how we got from being young and married and with nothing financially, arguably financially struggling to now owning multiple rentals, a vacation home, a new build. Like, let's let's tell them how we did that. When I got my license in 05, obviously, that was kind of like the, the the boom was really starting to happen during that time. And it was kind of like one of those things where I feel like a lot of younger people I talk to today actually feel that same instance like will i ever own a home in sonoma county and that's kind of how we were feeling right uh yeah that was definitely how you know i was feeling but at the same time it was like one of those things where you just put your nose to the grindstone and you just keep on plugging away and um so five years down the road or actually four years down the road from 2005 when we got my license i'm always looking at real estate that's the one thing like if you want to get into real estate 
look at real estate. Like that's one of the things. And, and, you know, whenever I think, you know, whenever we find a property, it's kind of like, that's the one. Right. Right. Like we always, we have always gone with our gut on every single property we've ever bought. If there's anything in us and we both, it's, we've been very consistent at always feeling the same way about a property. There's never been one where like, well, maybe, well, you know what? I lied. The one where I was like, wait, what the fuck? I don't want to live there is when we bought this lot. You were like, I found a lot and we're going to buy it. But, but this is, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, We are getting ahead ahead of ourselves. So So let's go back to where we started. 2005, got my license. 2009, things were kind of cooling off, starting to cool off a little bit. Short sales were happening, foreclosures were happening, and it now became apparent that, wow, this this could be a good time to actually buy, get into real estate, right? Because it like we still didn't have crashed. any money. Like, no, we had no we're, money. like super poor. Like we we got married in 08. We didn't have any money. Both working. So But we also didn't have a ton of debt. No, we had zero debt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean no debt, but making and making decent money. I'm not well, I was. I was the breadwinner in our twenties. <laughs> But but let's you let's be pat yourself on the back. Shut the though. fuck up. Uh, but let's be real that all the real estate decision making and brains behind the operation was Mark motherfucking Altus, not me. But that didn't come easy. Let's just be honest with that one. Okay, like, like that just for re- team that just recently became the the kind of norm of like, okay, Mark knows what he's doing. Just go do whatever Mark does. True. Like. At the beginning, it was like, oh, I don't know. Do you, did you think that? You know, it was like very like, <laughs> does Mark actually know what the fuck You have a lot more confidence now that you have a lot of experience under your belt. That was from you, belt. not me. Oh, please. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, so we started so, to save some money, but so we, we also needed help financially. Yeah. So 2009, I actually found a short sale in Rincon Valley. A short sale, something where the people Which is are, in Santa Rosa for those of that are not from here. The people are trying to sell, um, you know, obviously short of what they owe on the property. This was a big thing that was happening besides REOs during this time. Essentially, I watched this property probably for like, I don't know, five or six months, sat on the market, sat on the market. Finally, I took, I think we, I think I asked my parents to go look at it first to, to see. And they were like, yeah, whatever. Uh, da, 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 yeah. Not, not a whole lot of interest there. So, um, in helping us you and mean. helping us and so finally got to the point where it was just sitting and it made sense and i was like erica we need to write an offer like this is a very good opportunity um it was two units it was a one bedroom one bath with the garage underneath in the back detached and then a three bedroom two bath house in the front so it made a lot of sense for us being you know no kids nothing you know i'm like erica let's live in the back rent the front this is a great way to get into real estate it, it financially makes a ton of sense. But let's just be honest, that unit was so small. We called it the tree house because it was like up high in the trees, one bedroom, one bath with a futon in our But like you gotta give it it was great. You gotta give it some credit. Like it was a cool it was on a creek. Yeah. You know, like it was it was, yeah, it was a, great. For the first unit that we actually owned. Oh, I'm not complaining. Not I just am trying to all. like, you know, paint a picture for everybody. But yeah. we did end up going to Mark's sister and our brother-in-law at the time. And we came to them with a plan. We didn't just say like, hey, can we have this money? Mark obviously like right. mapped out why this was a good investment for us. And hey, can you help us? And we'll pay you. What, how long? What, how much should we borrow? Let's let's talk. So, numbers. How, uh, much was the, how much was the property? And so how much we were we approved for an FHA loan. 
which is basically like three and a half percent down. The purchase price was three forty five. I think, yeah, three forty five was the purchase price. And so we needed some help with some money down. And you can gift money. You can get gifts for FHA loans to purchase. So they gave us, I think, twenty grand mm-hmm. to start. Thank and, you, Mark Simpson and Sheree Simpson. Yeah, thank you guys. You, you guys literally kickstarted us into getting into real estate. But we also gave them a plan. Like it was like, hey, we're going to pay you back. Yeah. I think it was like a two year plan. We ended up paying them back in like one year. Yeah. Probably because all the money we saved, because basically the front half of the the property paid for the majority of the house payment. I mean, the payment was like $2,100 a month. Which sounds like nothing right now. But at the time, you guys like that your was, first house, yeah. it's a lot. So it was like 2100 bucks. We rented the the back or the front house for I think we started at 1500 somewhere right in there. Yeah. To three dudes who really did not. Yeah, that's a whole nother nother story. That's a whole nother story. That's another story for another day. That's another lesson. That's a lesson. (laughs) That's a a very good lesson learned in real estate. Don't Um, rent to three like college dudes just because they come to you and they're like, we'll pay you a hundred dollars more, but we'll pay you in cash too. Yeah. Like, okay. That's usually a sign that they are drug dealers. Right. (laughs) That's all we'll say about that. Yeah. Okay. And we were living behind them. It was so terrible. Anyways. okay, It so ended up all right. Yeah, it ended up fine. Honest. It's fine. Um, so that's how we got our foot in the door of owning real estate. Um, so it's a good, that's good advice to give. If you are a first time home buyer, we always try to say, A, follow your gut, right? Like if. Yeah. And, and B, like if you can find a piece of property that has a smaller unit on it and you can rent out the front unit and live in the back unit, even if you have to compromise, because we lived there for what, two years? Or vice versa. I mean, yeah. either or. Like either if, or if you have a family you. and you can live in the three, two and rent the back one out. I mean, it's it's basically finding that piece of property that will help you supplement making that payment. Right. Um, because it, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it's huge when you get that income. Right. Because what that allowed us to do over the next two years was basically just absolutely shovel money into the bank account. And right. I mean, we say we saved a lot of because money. Because our tenants were paying our mortgage. Our tenants were paying the mortgage. We now had a write-off, right, right? because we owned a home, so we could write all of our interest off the loan. So we saved a pretty good down right. um, to move into the next. And then home. we bought another piece of property. And then, then once you do that, then we had two uh, rentals on. And that's know. actually a good... Um, so that the REO scenario was still happening. The next home we bought was What's REO? <laughs> it's bank owned. REO is bank owned. Um, Real estate owned. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just a bank owned piece of property. <laughs> Good thing you're in charge. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So yeah, the next one we bought was on Midway in Santa Rosa, like Montgomery Village area, super mm-hmm. cute little house, two in one. That was a bank owned property. It also sat on the market for I don't know, I think four or five months. And this was also a purchase in winter. I forgot to tell you that, that for some reason, purchases in winter with real estate, you you can kind of find deals. And so with that one, we actually went, we didn't quite have the same same thing. We didn't quite have the whole amount of, of cash. And so what I did is we used a hard money loan because it was a bank owned property. The kitchen was all trashed. It needed help. So we got a hard money loan to purchase that property. And then, Which means that your interest rate is also very high on those Yeah, loans. it's like a 10% interest rate. But the, the goal was basically get it lendable because the market was kind of working up. And so when we purchased that, we had a one-year loan, and then we refinanced into a 30-year conventional once we got the kitchen back into sorts and 
right. kind of everything figured out. Then it was like, okay, we we built in this equity. We bought it for like $192,000. I know, which is like disgusting right now. But like everyone's like going to be like cough, cough. I just looked at that at a house yesterday, a two-in-one on McGowan. Yeah. 525 and honey, it was like trashed. Oh, yeah, it's oh, crazy. Impressive. And that's the thing, like people right now, they say, oh my God, $192,000, like you're so lucky. But at the time, yes, it was a very good deal, but- you know, if you purchase a home right now at $500,000, you know, how long ago was it that we bought Midway? Because you're going to be saying the same thing in 20 years going, that was I can't believe you bought that one on McGowan for 500. It, because was, 10, it was 10 years ago. Okay, 10 years ago. Or no, 12, 12 years ago. Okay, whatever. But still, wouldn't you say that somebody who's purchasing a $500,000 house in McGowan, if it makes financial sense, you're hopeful. I mean, you don't have a crystal ball. We know this, but... Typically, years and years well, down the road. I mean, road. we kind of do have a crystal ball. I mean, by looking in the past, right? Like, that's the crystal ball. Like, w- since 1956, they've been recording the median home price of all sales nationally, right? Every 10 years, that price doubles. So, if you if you want to just, I mean, just go with an easy projection and just go, okay, in 10 years, this thing. Now, granted, there's going to be ups and downs, right? The You know, the, the 08 crisis was yeah. a debacle. It really depends on what your goal is, right? Like, if you're planning on staying there for a while or if you plan on even not staying there for a while but keeping it for a while. Yeah, I mean, that's when you have to be extremely savvy. If you're buying something just to buy it and, and shortly hold the property, you have to be savvy. You have to know what you're doing. You're not just going to like jump into this thing and be like, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money. Yeah. But if you're buying a home for your family to live in and you plan on being there for 10, 20 years, that property is going to go up in value. So there, it's a good idea. There's there's no way. And I mean, here's the biggest thing. Like, do you want to pay someone else's mortgage? Well, that was going to be my question because I did see somebody ask a question um, on my stories that said, just we obviously know that buying versus renting is the smarter move, but why? Like, what if what if my rent is twelve hundred bucks, but my mortgage is going to be four thousand? Like, why would I want to do that? Like, how can I do that? Not how can I do that, but why is that a better option? So, so just like the median home price doubling every ten years, your rent's also going to double and, and continue to go up. You never ever lock in your rent. Okay, so no matter what it is, sooner or n- sooner or later, someone's going to go. This guy's getting a hell of a deal. See you later. Your rent's going to go e- either go up or you're just going to get the boot. One of the two. Yeah. When you buy a home and you have a thirty year mortgage, you lock in what that is going to be at. You you lock in the rate. You lock in everything. So, granted, insurance prices can go up. So your mortgage it can adjust, but it's so minimal in the picture of of inflation. And just the way the economy is going. Right. So I'm, you know, like, let's say I'm a first time home buyer in Sonoma County, which people are looking at our market going, it's so daunting. Like, where the hell do I even start? What would you say for somebody who is living here, who just sees prices and is like very intimidated? How do they know when to pull the trigger? What should they first do? Like, I'm a first time home buyer. What do you tell me? Well, I mean, first time home buyer first, you, you find someone that you feel comfortable you know, if you're if you're not in real estate and not doing it, find a professional that you can rely on to give you good resources for all the things, right? A good lender, you have to start with a lender, but also a good person that can talk, hey, what can we do to this house in the future? Are you talking about like a real estate agent? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Find find a good real estate agent that knows and is in the market and that that is experienced. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things, how, like, how do you know a bad agent from a good agent? And, and I hate to, 
I hate to do this because obviously, you know, <laughs> I start I started there. But when someone says, oh, yeah, you know, I got an agent. It's my friend. He just got his license last year. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's like that's tough because obviously, you know, it's like anything. It's like anything you do. Right. The more you do it, the better you are. Right. So if you're just starting in real estate, it's super, super hard to get clients. So find an agent that you I mean, granted, if it's a family member, maybe you trust them. Maybe they're educated, whatever. Anyways, find someone you can trust that's going to give you good resources and and help you along the way and that can give you the right guidance, not just to make a sale, but to literally set you up. Who has the best interest at heart for you. Yeah, that's yes, exactly that. And so if I'm a first time um, buyer and I come to you as Mark, you're my agent. I really want to work with you. What is the first thing I need to do to get myself set up to buy a house in Sonoma County? What are you going to tell me to do? So, I mean, I always tell people, it's like going to buy a car, right? You, you don't just go, oh, I'm going to go buy a car and not have a clue how much you're going to spend. Right. right. Like one of the first things. You what go, can you afford? You're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go spend 20 grand on a car or these days, 100 grand on a car, whatever it is. But <laughs> you're going to know, you're going to know what it is ahead of time. So like so many people will come at me and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. You know, it's like, have you talked to a lender? Do you know how much, you know, like what, what's our budget? Oh. Uh, Oh, I haven't done that yet. So that that's the very first thing. You have to set yourself up, get a lender, you know. Because they're going to tell you, they're going to look at everything, like your credit. They're going to not only look at your credit and do all that. I mean, even if, I mean, when we started, for instance, I started talking to a lender, I think two or three years before we actually purchased a home. Right. And and we what, what we did is we literally just got approved. And then every six months I would have to like, or every three months, excuse me, I would have to like give them, give them our paychecks to to re-up our approval. Now does this fuck with your credit when you do this? Or no, is- no, because it's just a soft inquiry. It's not it doesn't mess with you. Okay. Because you're still sh- it's like you're shopping. Right? right. It's like when you go to buy a car. But at least you know how much you can afford and what your price range is. That you helps have- your agent be able to set you up for looking you have at listing. You have to know that. You have to know that. So mm-hmm. step one, find a good agent. Step two, the agent will point you hopefully in the right direction of a good lender. And the lender will meet with you, look at your income, look at your debt, and tell you how much you can afford. And then you go from there, right? Yeah. And then you kind of start, just start shopping, get a search going, have your agent put it together and just keep the opportunities. You being approved and the So then you're ready to go if you do. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, again, I've had people come up, they call me or whatever. Oh, I'm looking at this house. I want to go write an offer. And they don't have anything. They're just like... (laughs) They're getting the cart before the horse, if you will. You know, and it's like, well, the offers were due today. So are you even approved for a loan? You know, and that approval process usually takes like two weeks. Right. So you just want to set yourself up to be prepared to move on a property if you do like it and want to make an offer. Exactly. All right. So hopefully that answers any questions for first time homebuyers. There's lots of loans, too. Like you can get an FHA loan. Like people were asking, like, well, how much do I really, really need to realistically put down? Maybe we should touch on that before we move on to the next topic. How much to put down? Yeah. Like, let's talk about... On an investment? No, no, no. On a first-time homebuyer property. Like, how much does one typically need in the bank in order to put a down payment on a first house? So, again, I mean, that's why you need to talk to a lender. It's very situational. there's so so many different products. I mean, you can put 20% down. You can put 10% down. You can put... I mean, there's zero down programs, assist programs in California that you can get approved for. Right. So basically, this is why speaking with a lender, they'll give you all these options. And then you can be like, okay, well, maybe I need to save a bunch more money in order to get into a better loan, right? Totally. Either, all right. either way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk. Um, we bought our first house. 
Uh-huh. And then we now, you know, like now we're, now we're, you know, we got some equity in our house. I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically, basically. Um, and I have some equity. Like, would it be smart to, what should I do with the equity? Should I purchase another rental? I know, again, all of these things are very situational, but yeah. how do you get into owning an investment property? So it's very situational because some people that have all the equity in the world, if, if they don't have the income to support the next step, then it, it might not be the right move. Like you, you might be in a great position and that's just where you want to stay because you're, you're comfortable with that. Other times, guess what? You don't need that much more income because the, the investment property that you're buying or taking that money out, it might even supplement what right. you need to make that happen. So that's and typically if you would you suggest that one tries to stay in the home that they first purchased, then do kind of what we did, keep it, rent it and move on to the next one. I mean, you'll save taxes wise, right? Then just buying an investment property, you're going to get capital gains. So, yeah, I mean, you can say that definitely is a more organic process of, mm-hmm. of moving up into real estate. Right. And it will save you rather than having to go out because number one, when you go to buy an investment property, you need 25% down. And, there, and there's no like going around it. So if you if you're in a single family residence and you're just trying to step up, then you might not need that 25 percent. You can just buy with 20 percent or sometimes even less. But if it's an investment, you have to have 25 percent. You're, like you're not planning on living. In you're it. not usually going to get around that 25 percent yeah. on buying an investment. So right. so that's one reason why why you kind of take the steps that you do to go that route. Start small, then start to climb the ladder. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then once you get to a certain point, maybe you have a couple of rentals. It might make sense. Then you don't need to keep stepping up, right? You, get, you right. get to a place where you're happy, you like the house, but then you can save enough money based off those investments to go out and just straight up use that 25% to purchase a, a, another one. Right. Okay. So, and and you, you're a really good numbers guy. So like, Mark, what kind of numbers do you I'm run? I'm not that good at numbers. Way fucking better than I am. <laughs> Holy shit. I just know what numbers to look at. Like, right. I'm, I'm not like some brainiac. I mean, I'm not a Garrett Tucker. You know? <laughs> That's his best friend who literally is a He's a CPA. <laughs> the guy's a, they're like, what's a 1,500 times 35, 75? And he's like, ding, ding. <laughs> no, I'm, not that, I'm not that numbers oh, guy. Oh, Garrett is gloating right now. He's <laughs> just listening to this podcast. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's then talk. So numbers... You, just, you know, you know who Gary reminds me of. Oh God! You know the guy on Five Will Goes West, the little money counter guy. Like, <laughs> remember that guy? <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my God! Okay, I want everybody to peep in the comments right now and tell me if you know who Mark's talking about because yeah. I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about on Five Will Goes West. Oh no, maybe it's not Five Will Goes West. It's just straight up Five Will. You know that movie when no. they come across in the boat and they oh, it's it's funny. <laughs> Okay, we're really getting off topic now. Let's talk. All right. So now, you know, we had we bought our first house. We have a rental under our belt. And everybody kind of wants to know, like, how did Tahoe come about? How did a vacation home come into play? Because we bought that when we were living. Wait, when did we buy that? We bought that when we were at Village Side. Yes. Okay. So we weren't here yet. So Uh, we're in our third house. And make sure you don't tell people when we start talking about our new build, the the street name, because I don't want to be murdered. Okay. We're not going to the new build. <laughs> okay. Well, no. We'll, Doesn't we'll matter. We'll talk about that. No, this build. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So Tahoe, how did we do that? Why did we do that? Was that a good purchase? Like, tell people how I'm. You Tahoe know. was the first piece of real estate that I actually I didn't buy it thinking I was going to make money. Right. 
It was never that intention. We bought that with the intention of making memories, not making money. That was literally what it was. Well, we went with Ben and Kelly. Like, I was always a winter guy in Tahoe, right? I never went there summer, you know, like, oh, okay. And then Ben and Kelly asked us to go up there on the boat. I don't know. This was probably like 2014, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I, like, never looked back. Like, we went out on the lake. Well, Mark's been going to Tahoe since he was a baby. I mean, his family grew up going there every winter. They'd stay for a couple weeks. I would go during the summer, but the only reason why I was there was for baseball tournaments for my brothers. So I didn't have, like, as fond of memories of Tahoe. I mean, it was obviously beautiful, but I wasn't there, like, skiing and doing all the fun things. But we would go with our, we would go with our family and stay with our friends, Ben and Kelly. And we just... We loved it. And it, it's close enough for us. It's, it's four hours away unless there's snow. But um, that we just knew that if we could find a place up there because we love going there so much and spending money on renting a place up there is really expensive unless you have a connection. Yeah. We really would like to find something. So then you saw this specific one that we live where we have now on the market. Yeah. Well, we looked at a couple. It's the like, on the same, same thing. Like we started looking three years before yeah. we actually purchased the house in right. Tahoe. So like, Mark knows a good deal when he sees We one. would always go up and look like when we were up there, even when I was here in Santa yeah. Rosa, constantly looking. I mean, I remember even driving up there and looking at one on 10th Avenue, just mm-hmm. around the corner from where ours is. I remember that one. And it was a cool house, but it just wasn't the right deal. So again, that goes back to real estate in general. Like you, you can't, you don't ever just go and like, I'm going to buy a house this week. That's where it's not like buying a car. So you have to have patience, which I don't have, but Mark has it. But Mark will wait to tell me about good ones. (laughs) Yes. Because he knows I get very emotional. I'll be like, we have to have it. Like, calm down. Yeah. So, yeah, we went and looked at that one. I mean, it was like the dog on the street, you know, dog on the court. It just was like, this is perfect. It was like the quintessential little cap. It's a little A-frame. Yeah. When was it built? Like in the... 78. Yeah. But it's on a huge lot. It's like over a third of an acre. Um, we liked that it was in a in a court because then the kids could like you can, run around. You can walk. It's like 10 minutes to the lake. You can yeah. walk to the lake. Just like the perfect spot. Backs up to National, National Forest. Forest so you can walk out the back yeah. door and head out. And how much was that one when we bought it? That one was 500. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 505 or something like that. Right. It was like right he in was the 500, 500 range. Right. So that being in it, a vacation home, we had to have 25% down. That is where we didn't because it's a second home. Oh. So on second homes, they have to be a far enough distance away from your first home, obviously. I had no idea. So we only put 10% down on that. (laughs) Yeah. You guys, I just like, this is going to sound so naive, but I like, Mark will just text message me and be like, you have a docu-sign you need to sign in your email. And I always tell him like, for all I know, I'm signing like my my property's away to him. He's like, yeah, can up and leave. But what's crazy about? I trust you. So here's the other thing that is always funny to think about. Like, we only put ten percent down. That house is now worth probably close to nine. I don't yeah, know, somewhere in the nine range. I mean, Tahoe. That that's where like I didn't plan on it being a good investment, and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and. Like well, fires happen here. The move to Tahoe was on, and yeah. it went through the roof. Like yeah. it, dub- it doubled. It was totally. It was insane. And we had no idea, obviously, that was going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, I knew that Tahoe was always a good buy, right? It's, right. It's it's a. It's it, not a shitty place to have a vacation home. It's not a bad place, and it's just like there's they're not making any more of it up there. No, you know, 
So that's where it was like, okay, it's it's only going to continue to go up in value. Um, right. And the house next door to ours up there was like recently built one. So we just knew we were just walking in again, like buying the dog on the street yeah. was a really like smart thing for us to do. And it's just been such a great escape for our family. And at the beginning, we did we did Airbnb that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. Fuck that guy. We're talking about our next door neighbor who is a huge pain in our ass. He's gotten a little better. But when we so we bought the property wanting to rent it because that would, again, help pay for the Airbnb, which we did. And yeah. the process of getting so when we first bought it, you didn't need a permit to do that. No. But then the county made a law that the you needed county. a permit. Yes. So Mark went through the nightmare of it getting that. that. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was It was pretty simple. Erica would think it was a nightmare, but I, mean, <laughs> I she, hate to she thinks it. like filling out a piece of paper and putting it in the mail is a nightmare, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. But he's not wrong. Um, so we we did get approved for a permit. Um, and that came like we we were getting we put it on Airbnb. We oh, were on was doing great, but like our neighbor hated it. Our neighbor hated it. So he literally found anything that he possibly could to complain to the county about. And in Tahoe, when you get enough complaints against you... It's only three complaints. Yeah, three complaints. And what's bullshit, let's be real honest, you is that it's... You can't, you, you can't, can't, like, like rebuttal it. Yeah, it's like... And it's especially if, against like, ours. if he calls and he says someone's being too loud and the sheriff shows up, no matter what, if the sheriff shows up, it's automatically one one deal. Even when we caught on our nest, the sheriff going, oh, it, you guys must have not been, you know, like you guys must have quieted down since since yeah. the call came in. Yeah. That's strike one, yeah. which is such bullshit. And so we got three strikes because he complained about anything and everything that he could. I mean, I mean literally, he, he complained that our sign, you have to have a permit sign. He complained that it wasn't visible from the street when the county told us where we put it was okay. Yeah. That was strike two. And mind you, and then, every time, wait, <laughs> wait, Mark, every time we got a complaint against us, it cost us like $800. Yeah, it costs you money because like, you, you have to it's deal with total it. total bullshit yeah. the way that it's ran up there. And the so. funniest part is that the sign on the house was under the deck and you could see it from the street if you looked where, <laughs> but I got a big old sign and I put it on the garbage can <laughs> and then they complained again because it's not visible because in the wintertime it snows, you can't see the sign. Yeah, so it's like, it was loose, loose. You know. So anyways, we got three strikes against us. The asshole won and our permit got pulled. He didn't but, win. No, he didn't win actually. You're no, right. That was, he didn't win. Yeah, you're right. He, it's a blessing he, in disguise. Totally. So now the question that a lot of people ask me is do you rent it? No, we do not. Uh, we gift it to our family and friends. We do not rent it, give and it um, yeah, we give it away. And we told him because we knew we were in trouble for having it pulled. Mark warned him. He's like, "You get our permit pulled, game on." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I'm quoting you. Mark was yelling at him in our street, and it takes a lot to get Mark really pissed at somebody. And Mark was really pissed at this guy, yeah. and he literally told him exactly what he would do, which was, "I'm going to give this cabin away if you get our permit pulled," and that's exactly what we're doing. Sally. So. <laughs> he's a Sally. He's a Sally. Um, so anyways, no, we do not rent it. I'm so sorry that, you know, good things like that must come to an end. Do you give it away one. for giveaways? Yeah, I give it away all the time. Um, maybe I'll do my next giveaway. Will be you need to subscribe to the podcast and you can be entered to win a week at Tahoe. Oh wow. That's yeah. amazing. All right. So we covered the vacation rental. We covered rentals. We covered first time home buying. Now let's talk new builds. We're sitting in our new build. And I'll never forget, I'll tell like the story. Mark was, we've we've always known that we wanted to build our own house. Um, 
eventually our goal is to build our forever home somewhere. And so Mark was always on the hunt, like he always is for everything in real estate, for a bit of land to do just that. And I'll never forget it. We were at our house on Village Side and he like was sitting at the kitchen table on like a Tuesday and he pushed his chair back from the table and he's like, I'm putting an offer in on this lot. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's in Fountain Grove. And I'm like, I don't want to live in Fountain Grove. And the reason why I didn't want to live in Fountain Grove was when you put an offer in on this lot that had only been like two years since the fire came raging through this area and decimated it. And so I was just very hesitant to want to live where a potential other wildfire could come through. And so he's like, no, 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 we're not buying it to build and live in. I'm buying it to build and sell. And I was like, okay, like I can entertain that idea. So we went and looked at it and I was like, all right, like this sounds really good. And then we met with our CPA and she was like, that's not a good idea to buy, build and sell because we would get hit with capital gains, which would be. We knew, we knew that capital gains. Oh, did you like play a game on me and like. No. Oh, wow. (laughs) No, there's no game. I mean, I knew that capital gains happen. It's a short term investment. You're going to get hit with capital gains. I knew that was going to happen. Right. But it just like. It was one of those things where, you know, like it was it was good either way. And it ended up working out that we ended up moving. So then when our CPA told us like, okay, it's she better. just said she just recommended like, hey, you guys should just like you. We've been talking about moving into a bigger house anyways. Right. Village mm-hmm. side was small, like the living space was small. This house presented that opportunity. And, you know, then we moved forward. Yeah. And when we when we made the decision to go from like spec house and sell to build and live in. It completely changed the design aspect. It completely changed kind of the, I mean, not completely, but not a really, ton. like we just added some things that we wanted yeah. personally. That's it. And the best decision that we made. So if you are interested, okay, let's say I'm interested in looking at a lot and building. What, what kind of things do we need? Like what kind of things do people need to be prepared for? What, what does that look like financially? Like how can one do that? That's like a whole podcast in itself, honey. Oh, well, okay, fine. Like Cliff Notes version. Of like what you need to get like, into a Like, lot. okay, like can you just, do you need just cash? Can okay, you get a so, loan on a lot? Okay, so if you want to get into a build, um, Redwood Credit Union. I. If you're local. Yeah, if you're local to Santa Rosa. I mean, as far as the fire rebuilds, they're the way to go because they're all about like putting the community back in to the community. Right? So they're more likely to lend on it or something? They lend on it. You only have to have 20% down. Whereas normally on a land loan, you have to have a lot more. And the interest rate's higher. On a raw piece of land, it's a whole different Yeah, you might have to impact fees if it's never built on before. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. If you buy a fire lot, all the impact fees, you're you're saving like up to 80 grand, maybe even more. Right. So that's... And it's kind of an interesting situation because this was another owner finance situation so we put $40,000 down on the lot and then basically went to Redwood Credit Union. We were already approved for the loan and everything. Can I give them the tip that you did to get this lot? So, Mark, whenever we put an offer in on a house, and this is a great tip. I know in some states you can't do this. I don't even know if You're it's You're not legal. supposed to do it in California. <gasps> Should I not say then? <laughs> I don't care. I mean, it was fine when we did it. Okay. Well, what we did was we, like, Grabbed a picture from our family, and Mark wrote this really nice letter. Oh, you did. You wrote it. Oh, yeah. I wrote it. Mark sent it, and I opened up in my—no, Mark wrote it on behalf of me, unbeknownst to me. Oh, I did? 
yes, all of a sudden I see this like email come through and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it was a picture of our family and it was saying how it was my dream to like build our forever house in I Fountain you Grove. Wrote that. No, you sent it, you wrote it on my behalf without my consent. Oh. You like forged my fucking signature. I didn't forge it. You signed it. <laughs> I docu-signed it? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> I really need to pay attention to these docu-signs. Um, and I mean, no, it ended up, I think it sold these people on. Yeah, on, it was definitely yeah. the reason why. But it's we, a really good idea. If you can and it's legal, uh, we should um, not be giving illegal advice. Because they were right asking now. 225 for this lot. We got it for like 190 I yeah. offered them 170 at first. They came back at 200 I went to 180 and Then we find I was Mark's like, really good at negotiating. Right, let's go 190 And so we we got it. But we got an owner finance for one year. What does that mean? Because like that sounds like that basically, basically means that the owner is giving you a loan for the for the property. So we like we're paying them. Yeah. So we put I think we put forty or fifty thousand dollars down on this one on one ninety. They take a note that is recorded, you know, with title and the county. And they t- basically like a mortgage on the property. So then I think it was, I don't know, it was like a six or 7% interest rate that we, that we had at that time for this. So basically we closed in January. We, of 2020. No, right? Nine, no, no, 19. We sat on the Oh, no, 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 no. We closed in like November of 19. Of 19. Okay. We closed in November, uh, right at the end of November. We had permits by February. Which is shocking because permits typically take forever. Well, the fire rebuild was super fast. Yeah, they I want think. they want to speed things up. But we we basically took the same layout. We made a bunch of modifications inside. It's not even the same house. It, literally, just the, the exterior wall. And actually, not even the exterior walls. We changed those. Made all the edits. Got it in, and then yeah, within three months we were starting to build. The thing about building on a lot is, and this is where you can save a ton of money. They come out and they appraise it and they go, what's this house going to be worth? Redwood Credit Union, being Bay. And so they came out and appraised it and they appraised it at like one, I think it was one, two, five is what they appraised it at. So basically when you go to get that loan approved, you have to be approved for 20%. Like you have to go, okay, you have to have 20% equity of that 1.25. Which is what, Garrett? <laughs> Well, twenty percent of a million is two hundred, so so it's going to be like two fifty somewhere in there is what you'd have to be have down. So, but basically, what that in, enables you to do is, we went to our contractor. Our contractor gave us a price to build the home, and it was in like the seven hundred range, right? So, if you add the seven hundred and the lot, right? So you go seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred. Basically, let's make it easy numbers, right? Nine hundred and one two was the value. Your 20% is already built in. So they literally paid off the owner finance on this property. Redwood Credit Union. Redwood Credit Union. They just cash them out. When we get the, you have to have a working permit to Mm -hmm. to get approved for the loan. So that's why you do the owner finance in the the meantime. Right. Um, Once you have the working permit, then they'll give you the loan. So they pay him off because you have to have a clean title and then they fund it. So for this house, for instance, it was estimated at 1.25 then. I think now it's probably 1.4, right. somewhere in there. But that shows that literally we got into this house for $40,000. Yeah. And we have, now we have, because our mortgage, I don't know, it's in the mid-700s or something like that. So we have five, we have like 800000 in equity. Right. 
So Crazy. contact Mark motherfucking Altus if you would like to <laughs> discuss a build. Because you, because you really are, Mark. I think you like discount yourself on how smart you are when it comes to real estate and like just numbers and making sure that oh, things thanks, matter. Honey. No, it's really true. Like you don't give yourself enough credit, but like none of this would be possible. I mean, we are a team, you know, I'll give you that. Like there are times when I'm like, fuck no, we're not doing this or we're not doing that. Or like, and we're we pretty you much good. Yeah. You brought, like you brought Chelsea in. She yeah. Knows, like, oh, yes, yes. She knows what time it is. What time it is. That means you know what you're doing. Now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, where does time come into this? No, but like we do really do make a good team. We don't always agree. And the new build process, I will say, like a lot of people when we first bought the lot, they're like, oh gosh, if you can if you can make it through a new build of a house, like you can make it through anything in a marriage. But it having wasn't that Chelsea. Bad. No, I mean we definitely argued about a lot of things. Like I'm No, like, not that much. I mean, what we could have argument, what what like I hear other people that have built argue about and like compared to that or like. Well, we have Chelsea to thank for that because she would be like the person like if Mark and I couldn't agree on something. Well, we also I understand construction as well. So that's yeah. also helps. We built this house in a crazy short time. It was I during know. the pandemic. We built the house. We broke from start to finish in April and, and finished in January. In January. It was fucking crazy but it was also like it was such a great was distraction great yeah it was great our timing our timing i will timing. say i will say this too to anybody listening a lot of our success timing was a huge timing with that huge, like yeah you know people say it's luck or whatever but like we look back on all of our successes in real estate and the timing and how old we were how much we were making and just i mean there was a lot of str- strategic moves within it you know as well but timing is a big factor you yeah know? i mean you have to pull the trigger like, yeah you can talk about timing all day but if you right. don't pull the trigger then you're not it's not happening totally you know totally yeah. but yeah so like no this was a great decision that we you know decided to build and live here i love this house so much i love our neighborhood i love that i live four houses away from my brother even though he's gone for nine months out of the year but his wife is fantastic and having the kids close by the backyard is fantastic i absolutely I like love playing it golf oh god um, that's the one thing I don't like. Um, that's the one thing I didn't even think I was going to get into when I moved up here. Yeah, here you are golfing multiple times a week. Yay for us. So Yay yeah, for so, me. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so let me look at my list of questions because again, so many people sent in so many great questions. I hope that we've answered a lot of questions for you guys. Um, I, you know what we haven't touched on, um, is becoming an agent yourself. Like, let's say, you know, I have my real estate license, but I do not practice. Fun fact about me. A lot of people don't know. But let's say I really wanted to get into real estate. I really wanted to be the next Mark Motherfucking Altus in real estate. What do I, what do I need to do? Like, how can, like, is there a mentor that I should, should I have a mentor? Should I, like, what advice would you give? Well, I mean, you just got to get your license first. So just. Which is not an easy test to take. I failed the first time and you had to have a 70% to pass and I got a fucking 69%. And a half. And a half. 69 and a half. Which means, you guys. Because every point was worth two questions. You missed one question. <laughs> I literally. Okay, I'm not a test taker. I I really didn't even want to get my license. You did great, honey. Yeah, but it was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> oh my I absolutely fucking hated it. And I never want to go through that again. And I was so pissed when the test. Like, I walk up to the counter. Like, you open up the paper. And it's like, fail. And you're like, fuck. They gave you a paper right then? Yeah, right then. 
And, and then I, I got in my when car I got and my I, license, I cried. It was like a month long. Wait. Remember how long I had to wait? Yeah, you had to wait a while. No, now it's instant. What's nice about it is that then I was able to go back five days later, but that also sucked. I actually remember when I got it, I was up in Chico hanging out with Garrett. <laughs> We were partying. <laughs> oh, my God. When you got the results, you mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, so, no. So, if you are intimidated by taking the real estate license, but you're really interested in doing it, take it from me. If I can pass the test, anybody can pass the test. And yeah. Mark is here to back that statement up, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> and, and a little tip, if you are going to go take the test, don't just, like, memorize an answer on no, your No, you like, actually have to you know You have to know why the answer is the answer. It's not just going to, yeah, you just can't go, oh, yeah, I'm going to memorize all these and just be done. I'm so glad I passed it the second time. You know what else is bullshit? Is that when you pass it, they don't tell you how much you passed by. No. They only tell you when you fail how much you failed by. You probably, I probably got, like, a 70%. 70 and a half. Guaranteed. <laughs> no, There's no way I scored better than a C. Dude. Mark, and you know what's so weird is I could not, even the day after I got my license, there's zero chance I could have went and like sold a home for somebody. Because everything you like learn during the license process is really not what you are yeah. doing day, day to day. No, when you're actually no, no, sell homes. no. Like, I mean, you it have helps. to like that information obviously helps. So, would you suggest to somebody, okay, now I have my license, should I like team up with someone? Like, yeah, go, by all like, means. I mean, I wish I would have started. I, w- I went to, I was actually with Prudential. They're not even a brokerage anymore out of Healdsburg. That's where I started. And they had like this whole thing. Remember the course I took? I had to go to Walnut Creek, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a four or five day course that I stayed down there two weeks in a row, I think. That's where I started. But today, like what I would say is get your license and find a mentor, someone that you can work with, because that's how you're just going to learn like, by doing it's it. like anything like you're watching someone do what they do good. And that's how you're going to learn. Go, oh, OK, this is how it works. Do you know how many people are going to start reaching out to you and ask if they can be no, if no, you can be their mentor? Not, no. Do you not want to be a mentor? No, I'd be a mentor. You kind of are a mentor to Heather. Heather, you guys, let's <laughs> shout her out for a second. Her sister-in-law just recently got her license. Dude, license. She passed she, the first time. She she studied. I studied too. But she was also a TC. So like she yeah, probably yeah. saw all that stuff. for like A TC is a transaction coordinator. So she was like, you know, she, she was, was already she really was in, in it. it. But well, but let's give her credit. That test is really hard no matter what. Oh. And she passed it the first time. And we're yeah, so proud awesome. of her. So Heather Ernrich is a new agent at Compass. And I feel like you're, you know, you you and Peter are good mentors to her. And, huh. but yeah, like, it, got, so you're, but you're not. Jill and Angela. Same yeah. Thing. They have a great yeah. team. The Wine Country Colbert team is a great team. If you are local and you are looking to buy a house or an investment property, obviously you guys know Mark's an agent. He's always happy to take on new clients. I know I'm a biased uh, person when I say this, but you are really good at your job. And I think most all of your clients would agree with me when I say that. You're just being nice. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Thanks. Honey. If if you're listening and you used Mark as your real estate agent to purchase a property, why don't you hit him up in the notes and just, you know, rave oh, about how good he was. Geez. Or you can say if he was terrible at his job. Oh, yeah. Like, have, give you, me some have you ever been fired by a buyer? Never been fired. No. Yeah. Well, that's good. I couldn't do, I could not do what he does. I mean, it's a lot of work. Mark is so good with his clients. He answers all their phone calls, even though he doesn't answer all my phone calls. I know I'm going to see you at the end of the day. And usually I'm calling because I have like a dumb question. That's but. like a 30 second quote. Like, oh, uh, and I'm like, why are you calling me right now? Like send a text. Yeah, send a text. Because <laughs> oh. I just like to talk to you. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I, I feel like we covered a lot. If there was anything that we missed, you know, maybe we'll do a second episode in season two. But 
Hopefully this answered all of your, you know, or most of your real estate questions. There's um, so much more. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be real. And that's the thing, too. Like, when you're talking about a topic like real estate, again, everybody's situation is so different. It's hard to, like, cover every single thing. That's why you can't. I mean, these are just general responses to questions or whatever that we talked yeah. about today. I mean, that's I still why, so many. That is why you have to have someone that understands, has done this, and and really, like, Gets it. And if you're anything like me and real estate is boring as shit to you, like it is to me, and you just. How is it boring? I just, I don't understand a lot of it and I get frustrated and I just, it's not of interest to me. So if this is you and you're listening to this and you're like, like, okay, all of that made great sense, but I still am kind of confused because even after listening to Mark, like talk about FHA loans and like, you know, money down, all that stuff, um, I still wouldn't know what to do. So send it to your husband. Maybe he'll understand. So, you know, send this podcast to them and let them listen. And I hope you guys took away at least something from this podcast if you're interested in real estate or you're interested in getting into real estate or becoming an agent. But thanks for being a guest, honey. Oh, you're welcome, honey. I'm I'm glad it worked out so well. <laughs> all right. And be sure to tune in um, next week or, you know, whenever to all my Whiskey and Lace podcast episodes. Talk later. Peace. Bye. All right, friends, that's all for today's episode of the Whiskey and Lace podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the love and leave a review. And remember to join the Whiskey and Lace community by following me on TikTok and Instagram at Whiskey and Lace and send me a DM to say hi and mention this episode. I'd love to meet you. See you next week.